once again. Welcome, dear listeners, to yet another monthly interview, this time with Eleanor DiLorenzo. Welcome, Eleanor. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, we're delighted to have you. Um, so you are, for AP podcast listeners, you're mostly famous for your work with Androids and Aliens. Is that correct? Exactly. The uh, Glass Cannon podcast, uh, or their network, I guess, nowadays, they have... Um, They were famous for their Pathfinder podcast called uh, Giant Slayer. And then they started a Starfinder podcast, which is also made by Paizo. And, they call, uh, and they're playing the campaign Dead Sons. And they're calling that Androids and Aliens. And I'm on that one in America. <laughs> yes, you, because you are based in New York, if I'm not ill-informed. Exactly. Uh, New York City. Uh, in Queens, actually. Uh, <laughs> Great. Yep. Are you, are you, do you record it in Queens as well, or in the yes. city? Yes, yes. So we're actually recording up in Astoria, it's called. It's a part of Queens, like northern northern Queens. Um, and I'm not that far away from that as well. So, I, uh, yeah, it's fairly close to where I live. And so it's easy for me to head over there and record some stuff. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Okay, so about uh, you yourself, uh, Let, let our listeners have a short presentation of who is Eleanor de Lorenzo. You hail from Sweden? Exactly, yeah. So I was born and raised in Uppsala, um, the uh, student town of Uppsala. And then I moved to New York six years ago to pursue acting and comedy. And I guess that's mainly what I've been doing until I until I uh, got this gig. And now I'm into voiceover as well uh, and role playing and, and, you know, other nerdy stuff. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, so that, that's the journey, um, I've had, um, I do a little bit of, I do a little bit of everything in terms of acting. I try to do like commercials, anything from commercials to movies to stage, you know, so, uh, anything basically I can get because it's hard to be, it's hard to be picky when you're an actor, <laughs> especially an yeah. unknown actor. So, uh, how much are you into role-playing games, uh, prior to Androids and Aliens? Well, so I am um, in terms of uh, tabletop role playing games. I was a I was a huge rookie. Like I had not played much. I had played uh, Dungeons and Dragons Five E prior to prior to Pathfinder and Starfinder, um, mm -hmm. and so I was familiar with the D twenty system, you know, and all that. And I was familiar ish with the with the with the rules, like the like the 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 you know the charisma, intelligence, stamina, and all that. Um, mm. but, uh, in terms of, in terms of playing a lot, like I used to play a little bit with my friends when I was 13 or 14 and I'm, I think that was either Dungeons or Dragons, if that even existed in Sweden or Drakar och Demoner, which I always thought was the translation of Dungeons and Dragons, but now I realize that's not at all the case. <laughs> no, uh, no, it's not, no. Yeah. Uh, but then, um, but then I've also, but I've played a lot of role, like I've done a lot of role playing. Uh, I call it message board, message boards role playing, uh, where you basically create character backstories and you spend weeks building characters and then you, you know, basically uh, write your whole storyline with other people. Uh, so it's basically a little mini mini novel every every day. <laughs> you oh, you I see. you Is yeah. Is it like a chat, like a chat, role-playing yeah, like, thing? Uh, yeah, I would say that chat, but more like on a message board when that was popular um, back in the early two thousand. <laughs> uh, live journal uh, during that time. Uh, so you would write like several paragraphs of like what what your character was doing and what it was thinking, but there were no rules, you know, in the sense of Uh, dice rolling or anything like that so it's not i would i would call it role playing but not tape like not board game role playing you know like there's no rules on how to play it it was basically just like hi i my character does this will you accept me doing this but it taught me a lot about how to create characters and um uh, what to think of when you're creating characters in, in order to avoid certain uh certain cliches like mary sue's And people with very tragic past syndrome, they called it, like, people who have, like, ridiculous backstories. Um, so kind of like, um, nowadays there's something called play-by-post. I guess that could be kind of what you're talking about, where you have, like, a, uh, it's like a forum page almost, where you post uh, 
post lines and you describe how your character oh exactly acts I, and, and and stuff like that i would say that's exactly what it was and oh, this okay. this particular role play was set in harry potter world uh, i used to be a huge harry potter fan until i uh, used to well i i kind of <laughs> lost the whole interest in that universe because um i read uh, a fan fiction called harry potter's harry potter and the method of rationality <laughs> and then uh, after that i kind of like it's it's basically harry potter being super into science and uh like very good reason like reasoning and so he walks around in this magical world and being very like oh wait a minute if there are sentient snakes Is there anything else that's sentient, you know, in this room? Oh, my God, is this chair sentient? Like, oh, my God, magic is making, you know, physics awful. (laughs) Like, it's like like a lot of, you know, things that you normally shouldn't do to a children's book. But I think, uh, and now I'm going off on a rant again, but but I feel like J.K. Rowling started it as a children's book. And so then you could sort of forgive a lot of her, um, a lot of the the things that, you know, this... The, the 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 reasoning she had yeah. uh, for those books, but then I felt like she wanted to go for more a young adult audience, and then yeah. you know it's it's harder to accept some some stuff. When they and, become sixteen, yeah. then it becomes darker. Then it's hard to to accept these uh, these sentient uh, things everywhere. Yeah, exactly, or yeah. like the things that like the things that she introduced just because it was cute and fun in book one, and then now it's like all right, but okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, yeah. but that's that's a little bit like it's. But back then, when I was a teenager, I I loved Harry Potter. I thought it was such a, a fun little universe. Universe. Yeah. But then, then and I got I mean, into among the yeah. among the people who who uh, grew up with those books, who were like twelve when the first book came out, and then they just they just uh, grew with the story. For them, it must be amazing to have been a part of that. It must have felt so so real for them and so so enormous do you know exactly what I mean? and i yeah. was i was one of them so i think i mean it was literally up to 19 when the final book i was 19 when the final book came out and so i had grown mm. up with them and that's that's when that's that was it was around that time when i stopped caring <laughs> so i guess it was like amazing 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 all right now i'm gonna read game of thrones instead uh, yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> so yeah but yeah no see. that's it's good stuff good stuff yeah. So, but the the Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder—they're uh, of course the perfect games to prepare you for for Starfinder, of course, because they are D twenty systems with uh, with the uh, where you have the proficiencies and you have the uh, the um, yeah the attribute bonuses and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I would yeah. definitely say that uh, Starfinder is very similar to Pathfinder, but there are some um, some I guess differences and some i guess would say improvements <laughs> to the system and i think they've taken some some starfinder mechanics and put it into their next volume uh the volume 2 of pathfinder um yeah. mm. uh rules about attacks of opportunity uh rules about um how you could uh, certain mechanics i can't of course think of any right now but uh <laughs> but yeah it's like some good improvements i would say other uh, like the, the 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 distinction between stamina points and hit points is that because i have never played pathfinder myself is oh, that a thing in pathfinder as well uh no so that's a new thing in starfinder you have stamina points uh that you that you can use first and then you can use a resolve point so you have three points basically to, to determine oh, your yeah, health resolve points as well. um so you have stamina points health points and uh resolve points and yeah. um if you're out of stamina points you can spend a resolve point uh yeah. to to get back your stamina after a 10 minute rest um yeah. but you only have four or five uh, resolve points to start off mm. with. So, and mm. if they uh, if they are all out and you're um, and you go out of health, you die. So, yeah. yeah. And I I, al- I always thought that when I listened to your podcast, uh, not having played Starfinder or read the rule books, uh, that the stamina points are to try and um, compensate for. I mean, of course, laser blasters make a hell of a lot more uh, damage to a, a human body than a sword or a knife or an arrow would. Right. So right. I thought that would be like, okay, so we, we the, the, the weapons do more damage, but you have stamina points to, to kind of compensate for that because otherwise people would die so easily. Is exactly. that, or have I gotten that completely wrong? 
Um, I think they have. I mean, so the laser rifles are making. I think it's like a one d six currently, um, or a d eight or something like that. Well, I that, think that's not much. No. Exactly. So I think they have uh, balanced that out because everyone um, range weapons are more common in Starfinder, or like I think almost everyone has a ranged weapon as mm. opposed to as opposed to uh, Pathfinder, where it's mostly like you said, swords or or uh, um, I don't know axes and more medieval tools. Yeah. Of course, you can play a gunslinger, and so you can be ranged if you want, or like an um, arrow and bow and all that. Um, but um, but I would say no. It's it's fairly balanced when it comes to damage. Um, mm. uh, but so I think that the 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 system they're using with stamina points. I think they're just literally trying out something different with that yeah. uh, to make. Maybe more sense of the of the death, uh, yeah. like if because you get if you if uh, if a monster hits you with the uh, with the uh, maximum amount of uh, damage, like at a certain point you can actually permanently die from one hit if it's like an, a really bad crit. Yeah, um, if, if it doubles your base hit points. Exactly. Then, yeah. it, um, or actually, I think it is if it is your hit points. So it's so if oh, you're out of okay. so if you're out of hit points and you're um unconscious and dying um and then if they hit you for so if if I have 29 hit points for example and a monster mm. then hits me with 30 hit points I'm permanently dead. So oh, Okay, yeah. That, that that's what I meant. Yeah. That, right. That's what I meant. I, I thought you meant that if you're standing up then a monster hits you and you're you're up and up and going then a monster hits you for like 60 points of damage. Oh yeah. That then means you're you're, you're insta death. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is like a little scary because some of these monsters in Starfinder, uh, so far in this in this campaign, they've been brutal. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, and you've said several times on the podcast that the uh, campaign is very very famous for being very very um, high mortality a high mortality campaign. Well, I would say um, so. The system is new. Uh, brand new, basically, but I would say that I am for sure not the most tactical player. Uh, so if it was like five people like me, then we, yeah, we would have died immediately. Um, mm. Now, of course, you have you have these seasoned role players. Like I think Skid has played for twenty years or something, probably yeah. more. Mm. Um, and and Joe and Troy probably played fifteen years or something like that. I don't want to reveal their ages, but <laughs> but like uh, something you know, plus twenty plus. Yeah. Uh, so there's like, uh, there's a really, yeah, they are very good tactical players. Uh, but I, of course, always get, uh, what, what I find interesting about role playing in general is the backstory and the storytelling. So I, I never really try to be like an, in, uh, like a perfect character, like who's completely tactically amazing. Um, you know, like, because a, I never understand what that could be. It's really hard to sort of build a character that's going to be great in every situation because you can't know what the situation might be. Like all of a sudden yeah. we're, you know, we're in a jungle or all of a sudden we're underwater, all of a sudden we're in space, you know, and, and it's very hard to plan for that and make a character that can can do all of that. And if you make a character that that is good for all of that, then then it's, a, in my opinion, it kind of is a boring character. Like it, or I guess it doesn't have to be. I think... Uh, yeah, what I meant was that they're, they, okay, if, if you permit me to say they instead of you guys uh, and, and just include the other guys uh, being uh, seasoned role players and um, good at making tactical choices, I still think that they sometimes make very good like character choices. Oh, it's for not sure. Like, it's not that they're like power gaming in any way or always trying to find the most, the most tactical, um, advanced uh, um thing to do uh, sometimes they make choices like which is not good for the group but it's what their character would have done yeah uh, for, for sure i think um they are like first and foremost story player the storytellers all yeah. of them uh and i think like everyone's backstory like i happen to know a little bit more i guess than the listeners but like everyone has such an interesting backstory to all their characters they always spend time on working on voices and accents and all of that uh so i would definitely say that they they are a rare combination combination of of great storytellers and very good players so I and i think agree, yeah. 
And I think that's why the podcast is so popular. Like they started three years before I even came on board, so mm. I can't really take credit for any of any of their success. But uh, so, but I think that's a, that's the combination. That Troy is also he's a seasoned comedian and a performer, so he he can really uh, lead a show really really well. Uh, and I think that's that's something people don't really think about um, how important that is that for someone to always have that high energy. Uh, high high involvement into everything you do um and and think that this is radio it's important that we that that we that we keep the energy up and we also remember that it's not a visual medium so you have to be good at explaining stuff and all of that i'm of course new to so it was it was rough for me the first few months to even to even find the words, you know, to 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 describe what I was doing, especially since English is not my first language either. So, yeah, yeah. so it's rough. Yeah, and struggling to get a, a word in edgewise with those guys who are so high on energy and so <laughs> into it, and so I mean, I I really in the first episode, it's noticeable that you're like, okay, I'm gonna edge in here. No, okay, I'm gonna <laughs> edge in here. Okay, no, well now I'm I'm gonna fucking edge in, yeah. and then yeah. you go. Yeah, but I, I think really your the high energy, especially from Troy and the others as well, of course. But but especially from Troy, uh, keeping it all together, and I, I I definitely think that's a huge part of your success. And also, of course, the the character voices. I haven't listened too much on the other podcasts. I discovered them you uh, through Androids and Aliens. Uh, uh, but sweet, the, that's the, good to know. The the character voices are tip top really and it's very important when it's like four guys uh i when when they are speaking out of character i still sometimes don't hear and i'm i'm like i'm like up to speed i've listened to every single episode of androids and aliens um and i still can't hear who's talking sometimes when they are talking out of character so that's why it's so important to have these amazing character voices because um so many podcasts lose listeners because if you can't hear who's talking after four episodes you drop the podcast that's very very common you know yeah yeah um no i took i mean now like i i can obviously hear because i've i've met them <laughs> uh but yeah, yeah no, it, it, having a face to them uh eases it absolutely yeah um but yeah no for sure they um they uh yeah they think i think it's really important. Um, like I, I agree with everything you just said, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, good. Yeah, yeah. We've digressed a bit uh, into Anderson Aliens, but why not? Why? Why the hell not? That's why exactly. we're here. We're exactly. here to talk about your podcast. So that's. Yeah. Uh, but we have one final introductory question. <laughs> Introductions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So moving back to the introductory questions, the final <laughs> one of these being: uh, How much involved are you? In the uh, or in touch, maybe I should say, how much in touch are you with the Swedish RPG scene? Uh, I mean, we are the uh, the uh, actual the biggest RPG country in the world if you count per capita. Uh, wow! Both concerning, I think, numbers of games and also creators and and conventions and podcasts and all that. So, uh, how much uh, are you keeping in touch? Anything with the Swedish RPG scene? Well, so since I'm basically new to role playing and tabletop role playing in general in in the American community as well, uh, I am really behind on the Swedish community. <laughs> um, I I I did not know that we were so big on on role playing in Sweden. Uh, I guess you guys hide well, <laughs> no, but uh, we hide no, in plain sight. Exactly. <laughs> um, but um, no, I I I would love to be come more involved i i noticed i noticed when i when i wanted to sort of promote androids and aliens to swedes because i know swedes like you uh swedes are in general very good at english so i know that they consume a lot of um english speaking shows and yeah. uh, so i figured why not try to promote and get some swedish and european fans to the show i noticed that there were several groups with uh with tabletop uh, games, not just role playing games, but also like any any type of tabletop games, mm. strategy games, and things like that. And I'm like, wow, this seems to be a huge community. But I, I didn't. And then I read up on on uh, that there's so many different uh, adventure adventure pack. Uh, sorry, not adventure packs. Uh, systems out there. Um, for example, I did buy a 
system called uh, Hjältarnas tid. Yes, yes. Uh, the the time of the heroes. Yeah. Um, which uh, I bought for my for my eleven uh, year old nephew for Christmas. Ah, and I it, wanted... it, ended, it ended up being Hjältarnas tid. I saw your question in the uh, in the uh, RPG group on Facebook. Yeah, you asked exactly. For, yeah, yeah. Um, it, because, yeah. Good choice. Good choice. I'd yeah, say. I think I think it seemed like very straightforward. Uh, but I am noticing that you guys seem to play a lot with uh, d6s instead of d20s. Is that is that a correct assumption, or is that just the? Is it just happened to be the Forbidden Lands and? <laughs> well, the thing with the d6s is the uh, Mutant Year Zero rules engine, which uh, Thomas Einstein created for Mutant Year Zero. And that being such a huge success, uh, Fria Ligan decided to to go with that system for most of their 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 other role playing games. Like uh, when oh. they got in hold of when they got hold of Coriolis, they they used the D6s for that, and uh, obviously Forbidden Forbidden Lands as well. Right. Well, I'm I, not it sure does, if there yeah. are many other Swedish uh, because. Draka and Demone, which we mentioned earlier, and our listeners will know it well because last uh, last month I interviewed Anders Blixt, which, which was the uh, one of the main persons behind creating uh, Draka and Demone uh, in in Sweden. Um, where was I going with this? Uh, yeah, and in that system they also used a D twenty, but right, low right, right. rolls low rolls were good. You you try to roll under your your skill level so you have a skill level oh. which goes from zero to 20 basically and the better you become you get higher and higher and higher level in that skill and you have to roll below it with a d20 oh. okay. okay 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 so okay. since that was the the major system i mean draka de Moner is uh, in the 80s as i yeah. just told me uh, last month when i interviewed him in the 80s draka and the Moner, it also outsold every other role-playing game in the world Oh. Except for Dungeons and Dragons, of course wow. you can't you can't you can't touch them. But except for them, it was the second best-selling role-playing game in the world. And consider then that it was only published in Swedish. Yeah. So yeah, that's so so basic. But I mean, I think all of this makes sense. Sweden has always been very um, like we have a huge gaming scene. We have a huge esports scene. Like I think Korea is South Korea is the like competitor on that one. But like. I mean, it makes sense mm. that nerd, nerd entertainment usually goes over well with the Swedes. Yeah, Maybe uh, even, even more so than the Norwegians and Danes or yeah, Finnish I th- people. I think because of the role-playing games, many people have made analysis of this, and and uh, and one big answer they come up with is that I mean, hundreds of thousands of kids in Sweden in the eighties played role-playing games. And yeah. these are the ones who now work at Dice or Paradox, uh, creating these uh, these world dominating um, computer games. So you being Swedish is something that uh, comes up uh, quite often in the show. Not every show, but every other week almost. I think uh, some some kind of Swedish uh, reference is made. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um... It happens. <laughs> it could be if, if it's New Year's and they ask you, uh, do you have New Year's resolutions in Sweden? Yeah, we have New Year's Lefte. Yeah. And they all laugh and say, oh, New Year's Lefte, New Year's Lefte. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, they love they love to speak Swedish because they're so awful at it. Um, and so I think, and they but they think it's German, you know. They, they mix that up. And even though I've told them several times that English and German is far more closely related than Swedish and German, they're still like, Ich bin Lachenoten, you know. Um, and the Swedish I, chef is something. Yeah, exactly. They... <laughs> it's it's like, uh, it's that. So, um, but I, I don't, I'm not offended by it at all. I, I think it's a fun little shtick. I do, like, I do find myself thinking like, man, I mean, and I think you as a Swede would understand, like, the least interesting aspect of me is my nationality. Like, (laughs) I I don't care about being Swedish. Like, and I also haven't been, I haven't lived in Sweden for almost a decade. You're a citizen of the world. Exactly. I'm a world global citizen. I actually have that on my passport now because, anyway, that's a, that's a different thing. But, um, but I, I, um, I, so... 
to me, when I go back to Sweden, I kind of feel like a tourist many times, you know, like the, things have changed mm. there in the past, in the past 10 years, you know? Um, and so I, um, I also find it like personally, I don't necessarily care when, you know, foreigners talk about their countries unless it's like a little, um, you know, like it's small little tidbits like, well, we have that we have that thing we have that cultural aspect mm, of mm. of this country but like you know i heard another podcast a swedish podcast about this talking about Holly, uh, swedish hollywood celebrities going on uh jimmy kimmel and jimmy fallon and all that on the, these talk shows yeah, and they always eat callus caviar or suströmming or something like that exactly it's yeah. always the same questions that i don't think i'm surprised that anyone cares about those things and like it's not questions you would ask. I don't know, uh, Javier Bar uh, or eh. Javier I'm, Bardem. I'm t- yeah, that is he from Spain? I think or Mexico. Think. Um. Anyway, like you wouldn't ask him. You know, like can you do a Spanish dance or or um? Don't they? Well, like haven't I seen like Antonio Banderas or some hike or something being on the shows and they're like uh, and they're like their cultural background being maybe not the, the, the focus. focus of the whole thing but uh, I mean maybe you're right like know. it maybe if you have a thick accent and you have like a very classic swedish look mm. which i do uh then except i'm very very short so not at all but <laughs> <laughs> um i uh i guess like i i kind of like yeah sure that's gonna be something people bring up and i don't mind talking about it it's just that after a while i'm like who cares about midsummer's eve and you know lilla dansarundgrodorna what is it called the little frogs you know um you know like that's that's just a thing that comes up over and over and over not not on the podcast and now i'm just being ranty again uh but it's like <laughs> i'd rather talk about you know something interesting about me and like my personality or whatever and like yeah. than being a spokesperson because i think what really what it really comes down to is that i don't want to be a spokesperson for swedes you know like i, I see, don't want to yeah. yeah. i don't want to and it's the same thing i'm the only female person on the glass cannon podcast or in the network in general i don't want to be a spokesperson for women either like i don't want to be a spokesperson for anyone except me <laughs> yeah I, um, I totally get that i totally get that but don't think it's um could one aspect of it be that it's like we find it strange for other people to find us swedes exotic yeah exactly i exactly. Like, like for them the smogrodorna and surströmming it's so exotic and for us it's just something that's always been there yeah and when someone sure. find it find finds it exotic then uh that portion of like the interview or something becomes bigger in our mind than it, than it actually is could, That's it, true. could that be one aspect of it maybe it I could know, definitely maybe? be that and it's also like i guess because i also bring up um you know sometimes you know there are things that i just don't understand about american culture mostly their sports references <laughs> you know like i have <laughs> no idea who this baseball player is or this basketball player is or foot uh, american football player is you know so and and like in certain sometimes there are words that i don't understand or have any any uh, under, uh, there's no cultural significance to it for me so yeah. that's when i you know reveal that i am a foreigner like i yeah. i don't understand these things and i think that adds to the show of having a different perspective on things of course of like... uh, definitely i totally agree on that i totally agree but ellie listen you should know when who larry bird was is <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that a thing yeah. a number uh, I, i don't def- Yeah. Um, but that's an American thing, you know. They they uh, can sometimes be very like, well, this this person, especially concerning baseball, because baseball is so huge over there. Uh, also, American football, they just call it football. But yeah. those two sports uh, in particular, because they are so much m- huger there than they are in the rest of the world. Like for us Swedes, hockey 
is a big yeah. thing here as well. Basketball as well. So I think as Swedes, we can get the basketball and the hockey references more easily than we can with the, especially with the baseball reference. We're like, I mean, it wasn't until I played Nintendo Wii with my kids uh, like half a year ago that I even understood the most basic rules of of baseball. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I mean, yeah. I I guess also like sports. I'm not really into it uh, at all. I maybe watch the soccer. Like I watch. Uh, I like uh, the winter sports, you know, but not hockey. I Skid knows more about hockey than I do. Uh, he knows mm. Henrik Lundström mm. and Forsberg, yeah, and all that. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, I, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm just like it's it's it's. I think that's also adding to like I have a different. Um, I'm not like, yeah, I have a different in, in, field of interests as well, which adds to the podcast. But sometimes, you know, you will have these like, uh, I don't know any about this. But then, of uh, course, you have. Um, but that often becomes always... that often becomes a fun scene. I mean, exactly, as soon as exactly. Someone is like has no clue. That exactly. becomes something funny. Yeah, like for example, you know, Troy hasn't seen Jurassic Park, and that's a running bit from the fr- from the first podcast. Oh, I think okay. so. Okay. Uh, so he, so, you know, and, 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 um, and we, uh, yeah, so we, we, we joke, like, it's always in good fun. Like, I've never felt, like, attacked or, or, you know, that it's been a bad thing that we're different, you know. Uh, mm. it's just that I just come off as an idiot a lot of the times, which is, you know, I, I can live with that. <laughs> But as a listener, it really comes through that it is, like, from the heart. It's not teasing. It's not, it never feels... Um, mean. Mean. No, exactly. No. It never feels mean. It always no. feels like, okay, this is a, go- a group of friends and they're, they're, it's banter, you know. Oh, for sure. I have never felt bad about any of this. I, I think, uh, I think uh, like regardless, even though I said that whole thing about Sweden being like, I don't want to be a representative of Sweden, even though I, I mean, you, you might, I might have to. Um, it's, 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 I, it's not like I find it to be like, oh no, they're making fun of my culture. Like, I don't care about that at all. Like, please do. But, uh, but for me, it's more like, oh, it's an interesting thing that a lot of fans do ask, ask me a lot about Sweden. They, 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 uh, make that reference a lot. Like that seems to be a huge deal of my identity. But then, of course, for me, being Swedish has never been part of my like it's because you know, like you said, I just grew up there. Yeah, uh, I'm just. Mm. It's not like I walk around and wake up every day and like I am Swedish. That's my identity. I must you know? braid my blonde hair. <laughs> exactly, and I think, I think America in general, they're into identity a lot more uh, in terms of nationality and ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. like that is a huge part of their personality mm. and like the way they they see themselves like they're yeah. they're they're not just american they're either you know italian american uh, or irish american uh, or irish american yeah, yeah um afro american uh hispanic latino like whatever mm. uh, or even if they're from a different state you know that's a huge part of their mm. their personality too mm. like i am from texas I'm not American, you know, like, uh, whatever. It could be a lot of that. So I think that, so for them, when I said, I'm like, yeah, maybe I'm from Sweden, but who knows, you know, <laughs> or like European, uh, I'm not, you know, try not to make, draw any focus to it. I think that's like, why? You should be proud of it. And I guess that's also another thing. I, I'm not necessarily into the whole patriotism thing. Uh, <laughs> mm. I I'm happy about Sweden. I'm. I think like I, there's parts of Swede, uh, Swedish culture that I think are, are great, and many other countries should follow that. Um, but I feel like I haven't really contributed. I have. I personally haven't contributed to Sweden being great. You know. Mm. So I feel like why should I be proud of it? I, it's yeah. not. My, the, it's the, not the thanks kind, to me. The kind you of know? American patriotism that is very common is not so common in well in Europe in general, I'd say, but especially not in Sweden. Uh, I would say so, yeah, yeah. for sure. But yeah. it's it's changing. Like you meet people who are now, you know, very proud of Sweden in ways, and and you meet a lot of Europeans who are very proud of you know their countries. Mm. Uh, and you know, it's just something that I'm noticing. Try not to have like you know, like people do people do whatever they want. Like be proud of whatever you want. But I try to always be proud of things that I've done versus yeah. things that I am. If yeah. you don't, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I totally get it. That's it. We, Sorry, this is we've digressed <laughs> this is so to be a much. My, yeah. my questionnaire paper has gone down the drain. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no have fun. Have fun. Have fun editing this. Yeah. <laughs>
So uh, let's see now. But, but uh, tell me just how did you guys get in touch in the first place? Did you find the Glass Cannon? Did they find you? How, how did you guys find each other in the first place? So they put out a casting call for uh, their, the Androids and Aliens, the show. Um, so it was a very legit thing. You know, they, I had never met them. I had never heard of them. Um, I had listened to some APs before. I'd listened to the Adventure Zone and Critical Role. Mm. Um, so I kind of knew what the idea was, and I got very excited about that because um, I'd been—I uh, was in a—I was in a situation in my life where I'm like, "Screw this! I'm going back to Sweden and you know, moving into the mountains and never talking to anyone again." No, but like I was a little bitter <laughs> about <laughs> well, New York. And sure, the sounds like it. <laughs> Um, but, um, so, and then that thing happened where I saw this casting notice and my friend, um, a friend of a friend knew Grant, uh, who recommended me to apply. So I heard it from two, 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 um, two sources basically. And I, you know, I contacted them. I met with Troy. We spoke a little, Um, and then I made sure that I'm like, hey, guys, I'm very interested in this. I know how important this is. Like, I think this is, you know, amazing. Please, please consider me. And I think that's what made them be like, huh, okay, so we have someone who actually understands the podcast, not just someone who... Wants an acting so, like, job, no. Yeah, exactly. Like, someone who consider. yeah. Um, and I think they had, a, like Troy said, they had a couple of thousand applications. Um, <sighs> but I went in for a... I went in for a sort of a semi-audition, semi-recording session, and it was actually released on their Patreon, uh, under Disorganized mm. Play. Uh, and um, yeah, and so that's we basically played a whole um, a whole session, four episodes in a row, and that was brutal. I have never been so tired in my entire life after that because I I was so nervous. I had to read up on a whole new system. I had to learn everything before I went in because I wanted to yeah. do a good job, yeah. obviously. And that was my audition. Like I spent literally a whole Saturday with them, um, and uh, you know we we really hit it off immediately. We had good chemistry or great chemistry even. And mm. uh, I I I remember thinking I'm like man, these are my people. Like this is this is my group. This is the yeah. these these are the mm. people that I want to like really work with and hang out with. They um, they are great. And then. Um, Around New Year's that the last year, yeah, from 2017 to 2018, Troy called me and said, "Offer me the job." And then we started recording in January. Great. So that was and great. I, yeah, and I I can really say that from a listener perspective, your chemistry really from the start, you can notice like right away that you have great fun together and that you you really became part of the group, basically from from episode one. Uh, yeah, and yeah. and I think uh, we're we're um, we're getting better and better at like um, like for example when when you know we were talking a little bit earlier about uh, getting my getting my voice heard like obviously it's it's um, I was very nervous especially in the beginning and it's always tough uh, to it's always tough for for um, for me to to sort of inter like I don't want to interrupt people obviously and I also am a quiet person uh, in general and so so I think in the beginning I was a little bit nervous about that but then of course I think it read worse than it was you know like it read that they were interrupting me or you know uh, speaking over me and things like that which is like in my that's not how I saw it I saw it more like it's me being very shy and not mm. speaking up for myself mm. and now you know, with the help of alcohol in the past sessions, I've, uh, I've gotten a little bit more brave and I will speak. I will try to speak as much as, as much as I can. Um, but obviously, you know, they, I feel like they're maybe not interrupting each other, but I mean, they, they are speaking over each other. I think it just becomes more noticeable yeah, are, when it's the, are, yeah. when it's the tiny little woman, you know, that they speak over because it's just, It's more noticeable, I think. Yeah, but I, I, and it totally is. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I said earlier also about trying to get a word word in edgewise. Like yeah. when they are so energetic and so into it. And as you said, they, they keep on interrupting each other as well a lot. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. But it, it becomes more noticeable with a female voice, of course. Well, this next question, we have been into that quite a bit about your thoughts and opinions about the Starfinder RPG Um, 
but that was yeah. more like rules wise. Like, let's say the setting. What do you, what's your so view on the setting of the Starfinder? So I I I really like sci-fi settings. Like I it's I I, I love that. Um, I think the setting is really cool. It leaves uh it leaves room for exploration. And um, similar, I think to the to the Forbidden Lands, it's like a little sandboxy. Uh, although we're we're obviously following a a adventure pack, so it's not as sandboxy for us right now. Mm. But I mean, there's so much there that you can sort of explore and unpack if you want to. Uh, and every every little planet has its own, you know little thing going and it's it's very interesting i think someone said and i don't know if this is true i think maybe grant said this uh as a joke but apparently there's a casino in the sun of starfinder <laughs> and i think that's that was such a fun little th- if that's true then i'm like oh man i should go there um but i think no i think the setting is great i'm usually more into fantasy uh settings uh so i would say that like if i had to choose between Pathfinder and Starfinder, I like I like some of the adventure paths of uh, Pathfinder probably a little bit more, but uh, but I really like what they're doing with Starfinder so far and the Dead Suns campaign that we're playing. I think it's brilliant. It's very scary uh, from time to time. You know, there's a lot of weird monsters yeah, <laughs> and yeah, a lot yeah. lot of weird concepts, uh, and apparently it gets worse. So we'll see. Oh, like worse yeah. in a good way, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um. Like concerning the group, I mean, Troy is obviously a great, uh, great uh, game master. Um, yes. I mean, with his energy, as you said, and his voices are amazing. He's funny and stuff like that. Um, but the, the the style of GMing that he uses on the podcast is very like GM versus players. Um, uh, that's yeah, the think... way it comes through on air, at least. Then, of course, yeah. we don't have the, we don't, we never get to see behind the curtains. We don't know, like, if if uh, if he's more like, oh, we really need this character to survive, or that like, you need to. Well, I really don't want a TPK here, but the way it comes through for us listeners, it's really like, okay, it's him versus you, and he's really trying his best to to off you guys. Yeah, I think that's just. Uh, I mean, there's. <laughs> It's hard for me to say um, if it's. I mean, like it's it's like it's both. Like we we're definitely we're definitely playing it up a little bit, I guess. The the uh, the hatred for Troy, <laughs> <laughs> um, but obviously, I mean, Troy off air. Troy is one of the nicest people I've ever met. Oh, like, I would cares. never question that. Of, yeah. of course not. I just uh, meant the, the 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 game style, like and and, oh, if, for, and yeah. also not putting any any uh, value on that like any um, emphasis on whether it's good or bad just like no. i mean some some uh, some groups play that way like okay i'm the gm i'm going to try and kill you and you're going to try yeah. and kill what what i throw at you and some yeah. groups are more no, like I okay mean... this is uh, and um i could, i i would imagine like being a podcaster myself and a gm myself i would imagine that that is uh, something that he would want us to to um to perceive that's he would want us yeah. to to believe that but um i mean we never plan anything um outside the games like what happens uh, on the at the table happens at the table if you know yeah, yeah. Uh, if that makes sense um yeah, of course, yeah. so it's not like so it's not like he will ever pretend that a damage roll didn't happen or you know, we always fall. We try to follow the rules really well, mm. um, and of course. But I think I mean, like sometimes Troy is um, more bloodthirsty than other times. <laughs> like he's definitely bloodthirsty, but, but so are we. Like I, I like the idea of you know killing his monsters, you know, yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, so we, it definitely is a balance going a little bit back and forth. Like sometimes. You know, sometimes he can start a session before we start recording saying like, oh, it's been a while since I killed one of you, you know. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, so yeah. that's definitely a, so that's definitely mm. what we're playing, how we're playing it. I think, I think that's how we would play it off air as well. Like the GM is someone we look up to, but also hate, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, and I, I like that because it, it already creates for interesting chemistry and interesting uh interesting ways of dealing with things um but i think he's never been unfair and he's he's also yeah, yeah. um he's not like trying hard to 
kill. Like I don't feel like he's like being unfair. Yeah, like I said, like, he's never he's never been unfair. No. I never it's feel just, like a, he's, he's just following a an adventure path with, which is very hard to to go through with all these diseases, oh, the diseases God, yeah. and the poisons and stuff like that. And you, yeah, yeah a few close calls or well, I shouldn't spoil too much, but it's uh, especially when, for, for those roles. I've yeah. noticed that he's like, oh, I'm gonna get you now. I'm gonna get you now. Yeah, for sure. He, um, yeah, I think that's also like radio, of course. Like he, he wants to to up that game, up up that stuff. But I mean, for I mean, many times, especially in the la- last few episodes, um, we have really like it's been one dice roll away from something, you know, a yeah. permanent kill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I th- and that's not on tr- like that's not something that's not Troy that's usually our the players poor rolling you know yeah. like it's it's not necessarily anything he does um, to make it so uh, but of course yeah he has he's wielding a very a very deadly AP so it's easy yeah. for him to kill us off yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then of course I I roll really poorly like my dice I think I need to get new dice. Uh, because it's just been awful. Uh, yeah. Joe, of course, is a is a known for being a really poor uh, roller. Uh, he's the one that you're always saying, "Oh no, Joe's gonna make the roll." Oh. Exactly, the who, yeah. exactly. Okay. Yeah. He's he's the one who always gets a one. Mm. Uh, a lot of damage rolls are like minimum or close to minimum damage in important know, yeah. situations. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's 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 brutal in that way. Yeah. So, do you have any favorite NPCs in the campaign? Except in uh, Tamsi. <laughs> yes, Tamsi is great. Uh, I, I, uh, I mean, so far, like Troy is an amazing voice actor. So, mm. almost all the NPCs, I, I love them all. I think the brain, the Formian, was great. The uh, I can't even remember the name of him, of course, because he had a weird, weird name, but something with the. Uh, the guy who was at the university, the 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 big big oh, brain yeah, that yeah, was an yeah, asshole. Yeah. The one like that a, was uh, like almost thrown out of the university. Exactly, yeah, like he was like a Jordan Peterson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of, but I also love Mama Fat. I love mm. uh, I love uh, Kum. Like honestly, I think all the NPCs have been my favorite so far. Like mm. uh, when they're around, I'm like, all right, this is my new favorite. Um, he's great. I uh, mm. I um, I think they're all funny and. But we're not really. Tomsey's the only one who's been hanging out with us for a longer period of time. Yeah. Uh, so I think, um, I think, of course, Roger Glipgorp. Oh. I'm actually thinking about my favorite one. <laughs> Roger Glipgorp is my favorite NPC. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That episode was so much fun. Yeah. Really, and we could tell that you had a lot of fun as well, you guys, when you when you recorded it. Okay, so moving on quite quickly here. Um, mm-hmm. We have some uh, some mixed questions. Um, you mentioned earlier that you listened to Critical Role and uh, The Adventure Zone, two of my favorite AP podcasts as well, actually. Um, Yay. They, yeah, I really love the, both of them, actually. I, I haven't, I, I'm not caught up, so don't spoil. <laughs> no, I'm not going to spoil. I'm, I'm not yeah. caught up on the uh, the second season of the Adventure Zone, and I only listened to like a third of the first season of uh, Critical Role. So, but I'm, uh, I'm yeah. coming up to the second season of Critical Role, and I listened to the first season of the Adventure Zone. Nice. But what what do you think? What what are your thoughts about the phenomenon? Phenomenon? Do you listen to any other podcasts? Uh, well, not since I basically started doing it myself. That's the problem. Like I I I just find myself consuming so much like creating so much right now that it's 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 tough for me to keep up with all these like this plethora of entertainment out there Hmm. um i used to be a lot more into into audiobooks and all that but right now i find myself like oh man if i if i need i need to keep up with my with uh with um the the glass cannons stuff when they have like three or four shows going on right now Hmm. that i I, Hmm. that i feel like i want to i want to keep up with um, but then also like all my other millions of things that I want to consume and I don't have a commute anymore. I used to commute to Manhattan, so it was a lot easier oh, for yeah. me to, to listen. Now I don't have like a natural thing I do every day 
where where it would mm. be a good t- good opportunity for me to listen yeah. to stuff. So because you don't, it's been you, really rough. You don't yeah. you don't uh, put on a fire and put up your feet on a on a stool and pour a nice. Uh, nicer glass of brandy and just like <laughs> I'm going to listen to a podcast now you do exactly. it while you bike while you commute driving car yeah. or whatever like cleaning I I listen to podcasts exactly. when I'm doing the dishes yeah I think oh. that's such as that that's what I used to do as well but like do when I'm doing laundry yeah, uh, yeah. but right now I feel like I'm so behind on almost everything um and so like on all like and and that's a little daunting to me i'm like oh man i'm a hundred episodes behind uh what like is it even worth it but the thing is i don't think like that when it comes to like tv series then i'm like oh great i can binge you know a hundred episodes (laughs) um i have a hard time binging podcasts because i get distracted easily uh yeah and you miss important stuff yeah exactly um but i do like like i I almost solely consume fantasy and sci-fi stuff in entertainment in general, uh, like either it's video games or mm. TV shows mm. or books, because uh, I'm even worse when it comes to like actual books that's set in our world, because as soon as they say something, I immediately have to fact check it. If yeah, they say something that's yeah. like off the... Off the and I'm like, really? Is that what it is? Or did that historically happen? That's such a weird yeah. thing. And then I get, did they and then I get super distracted. Exactly. Yeah. And I get very distracted by by that stuff. So um, yeah, so that's my problem, I guess, in life is that I just get easily distracted. Nice. <laughs> so, um, but I wish. I mean, I want to. I want to. I want to get like more involved. I want to. I want to see what's out there. It's just so much right now. Like people. Yeah. I think so a much lot of creativity people, going on. Yeah, and so it's because it's good... so easy. It's so easy to start yeah. your own thing. It's so easy to start your own podcast. Yeah. The problem, of course, is um, I think there's like this this phenomena of people thinking that if I make it, then I will automatically succeed. Mm. Uh, and we were talking a little bit about this earlier. Like, I think it's a very significant. Like, I think Troy is the main reason why the Glass Cannon is is succeeding because. Um, because of like his twenty years of you know acting experience yeah. and like have entertainer, like there's there's um, I think I think there's something to be said for that. Like people who knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. uh, and they mm-hmm. they have a high sense of quality and high sense of production quality. I think that's so important, especially if you're doing a podcast. Yeah. I stop listening to anything if it's bad audio quality. Yeah. For example, yeah. I'm just over. You know. Um, yeah. So yeah, I but think, have you listened oh, to yeah. Sweden Rolls yet? I listened to your introductory episode and some of the trailers uh, where you explain the rules. I think F- Forbidden Lands sounds like a pretty, pretty cool, pretty cool uh, adventure. Um, I like the idea of it being sandboxy and and uh, retro. Even though I have no good sense of what like how people played it in the eighties, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Like so, when they're like, "Oh, we're going back to the roots of role playing," I'm like, "Okay, sure, I'm sure that's that's exactly what you guys are doing." <laughs> <laughs> but it would be something I would love. I would love to play that AP. Um, I think it sounds amazing, and the and the art is great. I am mm. a huge fan of Simon Simon Stolenhag. Yes, is that his name? Yeah. Yes, he made the uh, the cover art for the oh, for the game. Man. The the artwork inside the game or like in the books is uh, Nisse Gullikson, the guy who illustrated all the old Aventyrspels uh, role-playing games like Dark and the Måner, Mutant and stuff like that. I love that they're um, yeah, I love that they're doing that they're doing all of that. Um that they're continuing to do all of that. Um I think that's um I think like I love when people are uh putting their hobbies into into a profession. <laughs> mm. I think that's that's one of my my favorite things, and I think that's that's the world we're living in now. That people can do that um, because it's just so easy to consume things and like find a find a fan base for it. Yeah. So finishing off, we have some quick questions that I ask all of our guests. Of course, I have to change them a bit depending on if they're like you are an actor or if it's a game creator or something like that. But um, okay, let's start off with what is your favorite RPG? Oh wow, uh, I, Pathfinder. <laughs> Pathfinder. I mean, I don't have any other. I, I I'm deeply unqualified to to answer that question in a good oh, way. Oh no so no I'm no no no! Say... Favorite is your favorite, and you don't have to motivate it either. Pathfinder is an 
very good game by all accounts. I haven't played it, okay. but from what I heard, it's a great game. So you don't have to apologize. <laughs> okay, uh, do you have a preference in genre? We've been into this a bit, like fantasy, sci-fi, horror, steampunk, or I am. I definitely say fantasy. Um, yeah, fantasy. Fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, music while role playing, yes or no? Definitely yes, if it's the right mood music. It can't be like modern music well, if you're course, playing fantasy. Of course, yeah. of course, yeah. Uh, so yes on that. Snacks during sessions, yes or no? Uh, yes, but not while you're recording. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I listened to a podcast where they were eating, um, uh, what do you call them in English? Crisps? You know, this, that's yeah. called chips in Swedish. But yeah, like it's not... potato, potato chips. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And the whole episode was just like... No, people are awful. Yeah. That's, that's, that's awful. I yeah. would never... I would, I would hate them. Yeah. <laughs> we always say non-crunchy snacks are okay, like buns or something. Uh, but don't have it in your mouth while you're speaking, if you're recording a podcast, for God's sakes. Uh, yeah. Alcohol during sessions, yes or no? Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> as the more the merrier. Like as much <laughs> as you can. <laughs> if you go home sober, then you failed. Yeah. No, kidding. But like only if you if you can deal with your alcohol, like obviously a beer or two is fine. Yeah. You're gonna get say. a call from uh, what's a podcast, uh, Drunks and Dragons, any uh, oh, any nice. day after this interview <laughs> airs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> G- and people are sensitive about that. Sorry. No. No. No, I was just going to do another rant, but uh, we don't have time, so let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> GM or PC? Oh, I've never been a GM, so I guess PC, but uh, yeah, I would say PC. It's, yeah, yeah. PC, PC, unfortunately. If you, I would love to try a GM. What, what would you GM if you would ever try it? Would you try? Oh, I would 100% do horror uh, oh. I think a horror game where I could like do several voices, but also like plan the whole setting to make my players be crazy. Like I'm definitely a GM versus players. I am not. <laughs> I'm not on their <laughs> side. I would like. I like. I would be happy to murder as many as possible. Yeah. So I uh, often get critique yeah. from from the Swedish uh, podcast community, RPG po- AP podcast community, for being too nice a GM. Uh, Robert Johnson no. often calls me uh, like, ah, oh, again, you did it again. You could have killed them yeah. there. Why didn't you? Yep. <laughs> yep. No, I, I agree with him, even though I don't know what what the actual, actual thing yeah. was. But no, yeah, I agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> you should, when in doubt, just, always kill. Yeah. <laughs> and let that be our final words for this uh, interview with Erno oh, Di Lorenzo. No. <laughs> <laughs> the wrap up, perfect. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for having me. Thank you Andreas. very much for um, taking the time. Uh, we really appreciate it. And it's uh, as I mentioned to you when I asked you to do this, uh, it, it would be lovely to, to really, really uh, introduce you to the uh, Swedish uh, AP community, but also the RPG community for those. Because many Swedes actually, unfortunately, are quite like, I only play Swedish games. We do them so well here, so I don't have to play D&D. Oh, in America, everyone thinks that role-playing games is just D&D. Um, yeah. It's, that is very much a, a thing in Sweden. So, so many Swedes only listen to Swedish I, I didn't and... really... Yeah, I didn't really... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I obviously... I didn't correct their like I I mean that's exactly what I thought too like yeah. <laughs> for me like role playing is D and D unfortunately uh, because I I haven't been I mean I'm unignorant about it so I'm very happy that you reached out and now I have a bunch of reading to do reading up to do because I trust you I think the, the the Swedish community sounds freaking amazing and I can't is, believe yeah. we're the biggest per capita. Yes, um, and I mean the the Swedish games have won so many Annies you know the uh, the Oscars for yeah. The, uh, the uh, the for the RPGs, uh, especially Freeligan, but also Janringen, but they've merged now with Freeligan. So, but um, Sweet. So a lot of Swedish games have won. I mean, Tales from the Loop last year won uh, like oof, so many Ennis. They were the huge winners of the of last year's Ennis. That's great. Uh, I so. think that's so that's so great. I um, I look forward to looking it up. I think it would be fun to have Americans play some Swedish um, some Swedish 
campaigns as well. I think that would be a really th- fun thing. Yeah, and that that's what we want to do, like with Sweden Rolls. We we are in Sweden, of course. We have an American and Engl- an English person with us, but they live in Sweden. They've done so for decades, so they really feel kind of at least partly Swedish. So uh, with Sweden Rolls, our thing is like, okay, we're Swedes playing Swedish games in English yeah. because we want to bring them out to the world. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think that's that's such a smart smart move. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. So with that being a bit more a positive note, uh, we'll end there, Eleanor. Demo, <laughs> so thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you, Andreas, and have a have a good one. And I uh, hope to hope to play with you someday. Yeah, It'll be fun. definitely. We'll we'll definitely find an opportunity to do that. And thank you, dear listeners, for listening to this interview. Goodbye, and farewell. Mm-hmm.